Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. Hello, Darren Mitchell here, and welcome back to another episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast on this wonderful hump day. Another hump day, another Wednesday, today also being the 1st of December 2021 here in Australia. That marks the first day of summer as we uh, as we get ready to embrace what supposedly is going to be an El, El Nina effect. In, uh, in certainly where I live in the Macedon Ranges here, it's expected to be quite a wet and dreary summer, not necessarily the dry heat uh, that we normally come to expect in summers in this part of the world. But uh, I digress. It is summer, and I still cannot believe that we're nearly at Christmas time, and yet another year is just about to be closed. So in today's episode, let's talk about a topic that is um, is near and dear to me because I've been through this experience. And if you're brand new to sales leadership, first of all, congratulations. You've been promoted to a sales leader role. And after all the hard work uh, and all the dedication, you've been finally recognized as having leadership potential. So as my uh, my very first mentor, my very first general manager said to me on my first day as a sales leader, he said, welcome to the bottom rung of the ladder. So if you're brand new to sales leadership, welcome to the starting gates. And in today's episode, I want to share a very, very important question that uh, we need to be asking ourselves. Now, this applies equally to somebody who is brand new in sales leadership as it does to somebody who's been in a sales leadership role for quite a few years. And that is, why should anyone listen to you? Now, it's, it might be a controversial question, but uh, I want to really delve into this because it's important that we understand what is it about you and what is it about your approach uh, that will give people a sense of comfort and a sense of feeling that they're in the right place and they're working with the right leader that's going to help them maximize the potential they have and deliver those sustainable and replicable results that we as sales leaders constantly are focused on delivering. So in other words, what's going to make you different and what's going to make you unique? Now, if you've not given this a great amount of thought, now is the time to do so, specifically if you are very, very new in the sales leadership game. Now, I understand that many people are thrust into the sales leadership um, role or they fall into it and sometimes they literally get thrust into it based on a tap on the shoulder because as I've said many times, often a very, very highly successful individual contributor is looked upon by the business and by the leaders as potentially having enough credit uh, and enough credence to be able to translate the success habits that they've developed as an individual contributor into the success habits required to be a successful sales leader. Now, based on experience and based on working with hundreds, if not thousands of sales leaders over the last 10 years plus, that does not always translate into a successful sales leader. So we've got to keep asking ourselves the question, why should anyone listen to me? Just because you've got the role and just because you've got the title doesn't guarantee you anything other than Positional power, and I've seen this happen many, many times before where people get put into a sales leadership role and almost as soon as they do, they change. They have a metamorphosis in terms of their personality and all of a sudden they go from being a cordial, uh, um, well-credentialed in some cases, but really engaging type of individual 
into somebody who becomes very autocratic and very command and control. Uh, and literally, the title and the position go straight to the head. And from a from a, an example of leadership point of view, it's exactly the example that we do not want to emulate. So if you look at uh, what positional power is all about, they sit back and rest on the title and they often give direction rather than create an environment where people can actually make their own decisions. And it's, hey, it's I've seen it happen where a leader comes in, gets all caught up in the positional title of their of their role and the positional power that they think comes with it, and all of a sudden they start to disintermediate their team and they start to build a dysfunctional team. So everything starts with trust, and one of the key things we've got to learn as a leader, and this is one of the key things I'll get you to think about as we go through today's episode, is in order for people to listen to you, and why should people listen to you? Well, they've got to trust you first and foremost. So you've got to build that relationship. So before we jump into some ideas uh, and some things to think about in terms of uh, contemplating as to why people should listen to you and how do I get people to listen to me and create the environment where that is going to happen uh, by choice, not by not by coercion, it's important to understand what actually causes dysfunction within a team. And this comes from uh, Patrick Lencioni, who's written... A uh, number of books, one of which is the five dysfunctions of the team, and it's a phenomenal pyramid for all leaders to gra- grasp because everything is based on a bedrock of trust. So we're going to talk about trust today as one of the key things we, ne- we need to build in order to have people in a position where they want to listen to us and they want to follow us. However, if there is an absence of trust, if you've got people who don't trust each other, and more importantly, if they don't trust you as the leader, then then they're going to be looking for opportunities to either leave or they're going to be very, very mindful of what they say and how they say it around everybody, particularly you. They'll also be very conscious of what actions they're going to take for fear of reprisals, for fear of criticism, because there is no trust there. So as a leader, we've got to be able to create a bedrock of trust, not under underpin an environment where there is no trust or an absence of trust. When there is no trust or a lack of trust within the environment, it also means that there's going to be a fear of conflict. So people are going to be really thinking about what are they going to say and how they're going to say it? And so they'll hold their tongue rather than have a robust conversation about the issues at hand. And what that will do, it will stifle growth and it will lead to a lack of commitment, not just from the individuals, but collectively as a team and as a leader, it's going to be very, very difficult to drive positive reinforcing behaviors and therefore increase discretionary effort and therefore start to see the results uh, up on an up- upward trajectory. When there's a lack of commitment, there's also an avoidance of accountability. And this is where you've got people who will be pointing the fingers and often externalizing the blame for situations they find themselves in and saying things like, well, it's not my role. I didn't know that had to happen. Uh, nobody told me about this. And they'll look at looking after their own interest, often at the expense of others. And what that happens, there's a lack of attention to detail around the results. So the upshoot of all of that is when there's an absence of trust, the results are no, not going to be anywhere near where they are capable of being. So one of the first things to do as a sales leader is to come in and say, okay, how can I start to build an environment of trust? So just because, and just remember this, just because you've got the role and just because you've got the title doesn't guarantee you anything. It guarantees you the starting position, but it doesn't guarantee you're going to win the race. And so everything starts with trust. Hence, we've got to make sure that the five dysfunctions of a team are flipped on their head and they now become the five functions of a team. So creating an environment where instead of an absence of trust, there is a high degree of positive trust that sits within the team. They trust each other as team members, but they also trust you as a leader. When you've got that, instead of having a fear of conflict, people are more than willing to have a conversation and a robust conversation and challenge ideas because 
everybody's opinion matters and they know they're not going to be criticized for having a certain opinion. So healthy conflict will enable everybody to grow and get better, which actually enhances the ability of the team to deliver better results. When that happens, there's a higher level of commitment. There's actually individual accountability and we start to see accountability being driven within the team and sometimes always also upwards. So you'll have team members driving you to be accountable as a leader and therefore there's going to be a much higher focus on delivering exceptional results. So it totally flips it on its head. So as a leader, why should people listen to you? Well, it starts with trust. So here are some things to think about off the back of using the five functions of a team that Patrick Lencioni talks about. So firstly, let's talk about trust. We've got to be able to build trust. Just because you've got the title doesn't guarantee you anything. So one of the things I learned very early in the sales leadership career was in order for me to effectively lead my team and in order for me to create a great environment for the team to flourish and to thrive and develop exceptional results, I needed to build trust. I needed to develop and earn the right to lead the team, which meant I had to do things that would build trust within my team. It just didn't come because I, I never said, hey, trust me. And it never came with a title. I had to continue to build it through time and through constant examples of uh, giving people the opportunity to, to, to trust me. And I had to demonstrate that over and over and over again. So earning the right takes time. So how do you do that? Well, first of all, you've got to build credibility. So credibility can come from tenure, how long you've been in a particular role. It can come from the level of knowledge and expertise that you have. But also it can just come from being there and being with present with your team and helping them through whatever they've got to be helped through helping them uh, solve problems, but not solving the problems for them. But any way you can build credibility is a great way of building trust. You've also got to demonstrate reliability as well. So how reliable are you? Do you turn up to meetings when you say you're going to turn up? Do you return phone calls when you say you're going to return phone calls? Are you present when you say you're going to be present? Or do people start having to double guess as to whether you're going to turn up to things? So building reliability is absolutely critical. And the third element is building intimacy or building genuine relationships. You've got to genuinely care about your people as people, not just as pawns in your game or as subordinates in your team. And don't ever refer to your team as subordinates, as a lot of sales leaders in my career have. And because what that will do is it'll almost unconsciously project onto those people that they almost become like a possession of yours. Uh, that's not the case. You're there to serve them, not them there to serve you. So building great uh, relationships and genuinely caring relationships will actually build trust quicker than anything else because when you're there, when you're visible, when you're present, uh, people people know that and they can feel it. And people look, people's BS meters, particularly here in Australia, are pretty good. So we can tell pretty quickly when somebody's trying to pull the wool over our, over our eyes uh, and whether they've got a maybe a hidden agenda here. So if you can build trust, that becomes the foundation of everything you do. And if you do that, if you do nothing else other than build trust, guarantee that's one of the reasons why people will start to listen to you because you can be trusted. The other thing with all this as well, and part of it goes into trust and the, and the reliability part, is to be visible and approachable. I've talked about this a lot and how many people spend their time leading their team through being absent. That is they sit behind their desks, behind a computer, looking at spreadsheets, looking at forecasts, looking at strategy plans, managing upwards, but not being visible and not being approachable to their team. So the only way to build trust and the only way you're going to get people to listen to you is to be present, which means be visible. Now, some people say to me, well, does that mean I've got to have an agenda every time I'm visible to the zone? I said, no, you're there to serve your team. So just being present sometimes without saying anything can give your team a level of comfort that they know their leader's there if they need them. 
and just being there without having to have any agenda, without having to impart anything onto the team, without having to give any direction whatsoever, can be enough to start to build that level of credibility. So be visible and be approachable. And I often ask this question of leaders when they're thinking about all these different things they've got to do and their to-do list is as long as their arm. I say always ask yourself this question. When it comes to your leadership capability, when it comes to making a choice between what you're doing right now and spending time with your team, always ask this question. And that is, is what I'm about to do right now, is this the very best use of my time? And if you ask if you ask that question with a lot of uh, independent thinking, uh, you'll find that more times than not, uh, doing a task for a senior leader, writing a report or doing a forecast spreadsheet is probably, with all said and done, not the best use of your time compared to the return on the investment of investing time with your team. So be visible and be approachable. Also, when you're doing that, be curious. And that is, ask more questions and give less directions. So instead of, uh, when you when you find yourself wanting to give directions, want to give people the answers, instead of uh, giving them the answer, just ask yourself and stop yourself before you speak and say, okay, what's the best question I can ask right now? Because what you want to do is you want to build independence of thinking and independence of activity within your team, knowing that with them, knowing, of course, that you're there to support them and to help them, but you're not there to give them directions. Because if you want to develop a, t- a codependent relationship, then that's great. But I guarantee you, based on experience, that will be a rod for your back and you will actually minimize the performance opportunities for your team and certainly stifle the potential that your team has. So be curious by asking a lot more questions and giving a lot less directions. The other part about all this as well is we've got to look to serve and to challenge people. It's not, as I said, and I keep saying, servant leadership is all about how do I help my team get better? How do I get myself out of the way so my team can get front and center and they can thrive? And how can I help them do that in the most effective way, knowing that I'm there to support them, knowing that they'll, they'll be okay to make mistakes, but knowing that uh, they'll be able to learn from those mistakes and I'll be helping them along the way as well. So looking to serve at every opportunity, but also challenging them in terms of their thinking, challenging them in terms of their approach, all based on the platform of, you know what, I'm building trust through them uh, working out what works and what doesn't work. So looking for opportunities where you can do that will very, very quickly build a level of credibility and all of a sudden, there are going to be more and more people listening to you and wanting to listen to you. Also, be prepared to let go of the need for control. Now, this is a big one. and I've worked with a lot of sales leaders over the last five years in particular that had big issues with the need to be in control. And a lot of that was tied up, unfortunately, with the importance that these leaders placed upon the title they had within the organization that they worked for. And so working on with them on the ability to relinquish control, in, order, in other words, to be able to give up control, they found that a funny thing happened. Uh, When they gave up a level of control, they actually found that they had a lot more control over the environment that they oversaw. Now, as funny as that sounds, I'm not going to delve into that in, in more detail today, but it's a really interesting and fascinating topic. And their experience was by giving up the need to be in control, and that is to control the conversation, to control the outcomes, by not necessarily wetting themselves to the outcome, they actually had more control. And with that, they had a lot more flexibility in terms of how they responded to certain situations. So that was also a big item. And that helped a lot of leaders uh, create that level of credibility where people started to listen to them more and more and more. And probably the last one before we wrap up this particular episode is a word that I use a lot. The word is not necessarily charismatic when you listen to it. And it's certainly not a sexy word, but boy, oh boy, does it deliver results. And that is 
consistency. Be consistent in everything you do. Why? Because consistency over time compounds, and that is what delivers extraordinary results. Being consistent on a daily basis. So if you do all of those things, build trust, be visible, be approachable, be curious by asking more questions and less directions, looking for opportunities to not only challenge your team, but also to serve your team, be prepared to let go for the need of control, and also be consistent, a funny thing's going to happen. Uh, you're going to find that more and more people are going to be wanting to listen to you because you would have established a level of credibility in their eyes. And that is what leadership is all about. Not demanding that people listen to you, but asking yourself the question, why would people want to listen to me? And then answering that by doing those things. Because it is not about forcing people to listen to you, even though a lot of people with positional power think that's exactly what the game is. It is not. It is about setting the example being the person you know you want to be, being the person that your team needs you to be, and being that example so that people want to listen to you. And when you do that, the game fundamentally changes. The results start start taking care of themselves, and everything starts to move in a more upward direction that uh, often momentum cannot be stopped, and you become unstoppable, delivering those exceptional results, and your team increases their engagement, and they start delivering those results that are sustainable, but also replicable, and that my friend, is the name of the game. So I trust that message resonates. If you're finding yourself in a position right now where you're asking yourself, you know, why would anybody want to listen to me? Take some of these points today and really contemplate those and see how you can implement those in your daily routine and just watch what happens because I guarantee when you focus on these key points, things are going to change. They might not necessarily change overnight, but through consistency, you'll find that the approach that people have with you, the conversations you're going to have with people will slightly uh, differ. They'll start to get better. They'll start to get more consistent. And before you know it, you'll have people falling over themselves to want to listen to you because you are the leader that they've been longing for and the leader that will ultimately help unleash the potential of those as individuals and collectively as a team. So before we wrap up, a key reminder, if you are committed to taking your sales leadership to the exceptional level and you want to build it on a fabric of trust and a foundation of trust, then I'd love to help you do that. So working one-on-one with me will help you over the next 90 days or so become an exceptional leader in your sales team and will also oversee your team delivering some sustainable results that ultimately will become replicable. So if you're committed to investing in yourself and you know there's another level of your leadership you can get to, then let's jump on a call and have a chat about how I can help you do just that. Simply go to my calendar, leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time, we'll jump on the fabulous Zoom, have a conversation about where you're at right now and what you're looking to achieve in your sales leadership career over the three months or so, and we can start working together as early as this week. So I look forward to that conversation, and as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it, but also if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.